0: I think I'd better go check on my cherry trees. You are uncertain as to how long you've been staring past which into the dark corners of the room, lost in thought. Her face swims into focus with her words, a scene shaded in firelight. The fox stirs at her proclamation as well, lifting its head to probe the air gently with its snout. It yawns widely, momentarily displaying its unusually sharp canines as it arches its back in a stretch, and then leaps up onto the floor. Witches' words come back to you, suddenly strange. She smiles, seeming amused by your reconsideration. It is always any season in the forest, if you know where to look. We, two are rather fond of spring. The fox glances back at you both as it slips out the front door, which you could have sworn had been closed only a second before. Obstacles tend to part under its gaze. This is the only explanation that witch volunteers, as cryptic as it is succinct. She smiles to herself as if she has uttered a private joke. If she has, it is lost on you. At this, she gets to her feet and steps lightly up onto the floor as well, the edge of her robes pooling for just a moment before being whisked up and away behind her. She pauses before the fireplace. "'You are welcome to stay here for as long as you'd like. "'Or if you prefer, you may join us in fetching dessert.' The thought of going cherry-picking is nearly laughable in your immaterial state, but then the idea of staying behind in witch's cottage without her there is a downright uncomfortable one to consider. There is a third option, which she leaves unspoken as she exits through the front door, and so you follow her. You didn't take a proper look around the clearing when you arrived earlier, after all. It is the fox that you face when you emerge into the late afternoon sunlight. It stares into you more intently than it ever has before. You cannot look away. Suddenly, the fox lunges, leaps right through you. You are utterly stunned, feel a sense of dizziness that is nearly tactile in its intensity. But instead of feeling frightened, you feel strangely comforted. "'Even more curious than before, "'you watch the fox slink back over "'to where Witch seems to be studying the tree-line "'to sit at her side. "'It seems to hesitate, "'and then nuzzles her waist, "'which makes her flinch and laugh "'as if she is ticklish. "'The fox flourishes its tail "'and directs its attention to the tree-line as well, "'as if nothing were amiss. "'You wonder, with some amazement, "'if the gesture might have been its own sort of laughter.' The forest belongs to me, you know. You suspected this, but still the declaration strikes you as an unusually bold thing for which to say. She appears amused again. At least, it does when I draw in a deep breath, and for as long as I hold its air in my lungs. Then it is its own again. No one truly owns anything, darling. Not here, not anywhere. We borrow everything we have. Some just hold their breath a little longer than others, that's all. You realize you have no breath to speak of, immaterial as you are. You get the sense that this is a notion that should rankle you, but it doesn't. There is a certain freedom in not owning or borrowing anything. You have the lightest of steps. The forest is filtered through you, untouched and undisturbed. Your form, or lack thereof, when pierced by lances of sunlight, casts no shadows, blocks no air or life-sustaining rain. Don't forget, you are still welcome to join us if you'd like. Which gives you the reminder with a slight tilt of her head, and then lets out a sudden yelp of laughter as the fox nudges her- the ticklish part of her waist again. Her expression twists into one of exasperated amusement, and she glances down at the fox with pursed lips, the picture of mirth held just barely in check. I think that was my cue. She gives you this aside out of the corner of her mouth, gaze still trained on the fox, and finally lets out a peal of laughter dashing away out of the clearing and into the forest proper. Her robes stream behind her like a current of smoke, and then whip away into the foliage to disappear. The fox, unruffled by the sudden departure, takes a moment to stretch, tail flicking side to side, and then bounds after her, slipping past the tree line and melting away without another sound. You have been left to your own counsel, it seems." In the clearing that surrounds Witch's Cottage, soft grasses and wild flowers grow in profusion, bowing and swaying with the breeze. The air susurrates, cyclical, as if the atmosphere itself were breathing. You imagine that it is the sound of your own breath, your body seamless and sighing over the entire open area. Soft as it slips between stems of clover over daisy petals, blows single grains of sand and grit across the unassuming openings of mighty ant empires. What is a season, anyway? It could snow tomorrow. Or today. Didn't it just yesterday? You look up at the sky, the way it is cut out gently by the surrounding treetops, and watch a cloud another drift by. It feels close enough to fall into, three moons visible in varying degrees, swimming, translucent, and far away in your line of vision. The treetops and the sky start to fold in together the longer you watch, interweaving and tumbling like textured blocks in an intricate circular dance. Like a kaleidoscope with teeth made of tree trunks and a background in shifting, sundown hues. Until suddenly, you are shifting too. I imagine myself a dark-haired Goldilocks, black sheep down to the way I contravene my own name, wandering not a cottage, but a castle. I have always been too much, too little, two, two, two. And this castle is less a castle than a maze, each room filled with objects, reels of old memories, the detritus of a dark age. Walk, run, fly, everything passes as mutable as salaquum at high noon. The hallways connect and diverge, lay out illogical but walkable, and in the dizzy turn upon turn I lose my sense of what is true. Microcosms live out secret lives, tucked away in inner gardens, worlds within worlds within worlds. I am the whirlwind, Wind, shifting, drifting, pollen, searching, just passing through, forward, backward, upside down, sideways, under, up, inside, out, I know you're here. The aftertaste of your singular tone drifted to me in the open air of the ancient ballroom, and I drank it in, thanking the stars above that I somehow met you. In the wake of your patient notes let my frenzied steps fall quietly into line, and of lines I still feel ours spooled within my chest, a little shorter, a little warmer, the more I entrust my heart to your steadfast tenderness, and of hearts mine flutters halfway through the scullery before a careworn wooden door this the unassuming entrance to the focus pool of our renaissance labyrinth i look down i see myself and i i take a step admire the turn of our narcissus heel bow to touch our fingertips time folds in ripples across the water making space for act 2 which is falling into you and i i find myself on the other side falling flying falling water like fire darkness bright a familiar current filling overtaking reminding me we have always been two let's co-opt Plots and faces, characters, names, history. We were born here, there, everywhere. You can't lock up ubiquity. So... Love, slip into me. Tell me I am just right good enough. I will wrap you up in the same ignited sense of worth. And then let's forget words. There are other languages we know better. We'll paint a moving picture, painted in fluttering gradients, in tones of today, tomorrow, and the next day, like the Big Bang once did to the vastness of space.